things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Kira Revan, and this, this is the Sunday 7. On this week's Sunday 7, we look into the accelerating pattern of climate change as Europe faces a nightmare heatwave. We hear from NASA about a new Mars project. We discover a new way to measure teenage well-being. And our tech guru, Will Guyot, talks all things wizards, warlocks and soldiers. But first, on this day in 1969, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins and Neil Armstrong blasted off from Cape Canaveral in the Apollo 11. Their mission? To land on the moon. Southern Europe is facing an extreme heat wave over the next week, with temperatures in Spain and Italy expected to break new records at up to 45 degrees. The heat wave is so extreme it's been given a name. Italian meteorologists christened it Cerberus, inspired by the three-headed dog that guards the gates of hell in Dante's Inferno. Already in Italy, construction workers have died from heat stroke and tourists are passing out in Rome. According to Luca Mercalli of the Italian Meteorological Service, the Earth has a fever and Italy is feeling it firsthand. Southern Europe is is not alone though huge swaths of America are also under extreme temperature warnings as the summer of 2023 looks likely to set new records. It's not just heat either, there have been flash floods across the globe in India, in Spain and in the US. Meanwhile in South Africa they've had snow for the first time in a decade. New York was also flooded on Monday as 20 centimetres of rain fell in just a few days and Governor Kathy Hochul says it's time to face facts, climate change is here. We can't turn our eyes any longer to the fact that we have to build up homes and businesses that are in low-lying areas are going to be need to be lifted up. Otherwise, we're ignoring the reality that flooding is part of life now here in the state of New York. It is now part of the new normal for New York. The planet is clearly heating up with new global temperature records recorded this month. The US Special Envoy for Climate Change John Kerry was in the UK this week, travelling with President Joe Biden and meeting with King Charles to discuss the climate crisis. And he says people need to join the dots and start taking action. Finally, maybe people are realizing this is real and it's going to get worse unless we move rapidly to be able to accelerate the transition. Emissions from the burning of fossil fuel is creating the climate crisis. And Professor Michael Mann from the University of Pennsylvania is worried that people still don't understand the risks if we don't change our behavior. We sometimes hear the expression a new normal. Is this a new normal? But it's worse than that. This is an ever-moving baseline of worsening climate impacts. This only gets worse and worse if we continue to burn fossil fuels and load the atmosphere with carbon pollution. Every week on the Sunday 7, we keep you up to speed on all things tech, gaming and social media. So you'll know who's on the phone now. Hey, Will, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. This week's chat is a bit succession for nerds, isn't it? There's competition merger rules about wizard, warlocks and soldiers, right? Yeah, it's, this is Microsoft trying to buy the game maker Activision Blizzard, who do World of Warcraft, Call of Duty and other stuff. These deals go through all the time. But this one has really caught the eyes of kind of the competitions commissions, because this is the idea that if Microsoft is able to buy the company that makes Call of Duty, is it going to stop everybody else having Call of Duty, which is still one of the world's biggest game franchises every year? 
To put this in perspective for non-gamers listening, the gaming industry is worth three times as much as the music industry and four times the movie industry. It's serious business. It's generated over $180 billion last year. Yeah, and let's look at this. They're wanting to buy Activision Blizzard for $69 billion US dollars. Disney purchased the whole of Star Wars for $4 billion. So it gives you a clear understanding of just how huge the video games market now is. What's happened most recently is the US courts said this could now go ahead. But now the financial regulators in the US are going to appeal that decision. This comes after the UK regulator had already said this stifles competition. But bizarrely, at the same time, Microsoft are quite clearly saying as a result of this deal, they would do a 10-year partnership with uh, Sony. They'd do the same for Nintendo. In 2023, I don't think Call of Duty existing solely on Xbox would kill off the other platforms. And Microsoft would be bonkers to suddenly say, we're going to cut off these other platforms if this game makes Activision billions of dollars every year. So it's a weird situation this now being decided by courts and judges. It's weird with gaming being such a progressive industry normally that they're so far behind TV. On my Skybox, I can get Disney+, Plus, Apple, Amazon and all those guys. Everyone's going to have to make friends at some point, aren't they? The opposite side of that is Super Mario, apart from a few ropey um, new smartphone games, has never appeared on a non-Nintendo platform. There's a few exceptions for the, the nerds back in the early 90s. But the reality is, you know, is that is that anti-competitive from Nintendo? Is a judge of Eventually, going to force Nintendo to put Mario and his, you know, his activities on on Xbox or PlayStation. So, Microsoft certainly say in their in their claims to this, they don't believe they're going to sell a boatload more Xboxes on the back of exclusively having Call of Duty. Well, if they come from my Sega Mega Drive and Sonic, they'll be held to pay. Thanks, Will. <laughs> Thank you. Still to come in the Sunday Seven. Ireland's got a well problem, and Iceland's volcanoes are at it again. If there's one pair of words that rarely go together, it's surely happy and teenager. The process of development and the wave of hormones it unleashes can lead to lots of pressure on a teen, trying to figure out where they fit in the world and coping with the stress of social media and belonging, which often results in a certain level of misery. But a new study from the University of Cambridge says we're focused on the wrong thing. It's not about happiness, it's about life satisfaction and eudaimonia. That's looking at overall competence, motivation and self-esteem. Dr Tanya Clark, psychologist at the University of Cambridge, joins me now. We always judge success on how happiness, but your study shows something different. I think what we see uh, definitely in the UK education system is an over-focus on kind of academic achievement as a, a measure of external success. Uh, and in the research that I've conducted at, at Cambridge, we can see that, that children very much internalise that system of self-worth and comparison, and that that breeds, it can breed, feelings of inferiority um, and, and lead to some really quite... Um, quite damaging outcomes. Do you think lockdown had a lot to do with this? In some ways, it focused us to reevaluate what success and happiness actually meant, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. I mean, I think it's interesting in two ways, isn't it? First of all, I think, you know, the COVID pandemic, it really highlighted what is most dear to us. But of course, what was really interesting was children lost a lot more than just their learning during the pandemic. They lost a sense of community with their peers. They, they lost the relationships with their teachers. COVID highlighted uh, 
you know, this interplay between achievement and well-being in those two ways. It's got a great name, eudaimonia. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, that's right. So what is eudaimonia? Basically, the, the Greek, it roughly translates translates as eud, which is, which is good, and daemon, which means spirit, so good spirit. It was really defined as self-actualization. In other words, how successful does an individual feel um, what is it that, that helps them to feel uh, valued, competent, confident? So if you look at a tree, you can see on the surface, it might look content, it might look happy, but deep underneath the tree, you've got the roots and the nutrients, the things that are helping it feel good, the things that young people engage in on a day-to-day basis that, that make them feel good, successful, confident, and self-actualized. It's that infrastructure uh, and the, the, the system of, of meaning that we kind of <laughs> imbue upon adolescents that really uh, are messaging and, and sending them certain signals about their worth um, and you know how successful they are. What tips do you have for parents and teachers so that our teenagers are living their best lives? Really, I think what eudaimonia uh, teaches us is that, that every young person deserves to feel a sense of competence and accomplishment. And I think the way that parents and grandparents and, and family systems can can cultivate that in young people is to really get to know them. So allowing children the space to really define what's important to them. And other things I would say, you know, being very, very aware of how we're praising young people is also key. Um, are we comparing them to others inherently? Or can we actually kind of temper the way that we uh, praise young people in a way that um, it's praising their effort rather than some outcome at the end of the test? Way back in 2010, the world's airlines came to a halt with 100,000 flights grounded. The reason, an Icelandic volcano called Heia Fia Tia Ia Kuti. The ash it threw into the atmosphere caused huge concern about the damage it could do to jet engines. So in the interest of safety, air travel closed down across Europe for about 10 days. And the exciting news... Well, it might be about to happen again. This time, it's the Fagrad Alspiach volcano, which began erupting violently again on Monday. Icelandic authorities have warned tourists to stay clear of the area and caution that this eruption has been more explosive than previous events in 2020 and 2021. Dr. Matthew Roberts of the Icelandic Meteorological Office says we've entered a new phase of seismic activity. The peninsula uh, hasn't been active in, in many, many centuries, uh, volcanically active. Now we're in this new period where it seems that magma from great depth is reaching the Earth's surface uh, with, uh, with a remarkable uh, frequency. Uh, these events have been preluded by seismic activity, swarms of earthquakes, many of which have been felt. And this is now a, a, a repeating cycle activity. So to come on the Sunday 7, we discover pine needles, paracetamol and NASA's virtual Mars mission. Right after this... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back. We've already discovered that climate change is an increasing headache for the planet. But before you reach for the paracetamol, I've got some more bad news for you. It turns out many common pharmaceuticals are manufactured in a process which depends on crude oil. So your headache medicine is not sustainable and it's not planet friendly. But there's good news. A team at the University of Bath have come up with a clever solution which will enable both paracetamol and its stronger cousin ibuprofen to be made using pine trees. Joining me on the line is research associate at the University of Bath, Dr. Josh Tibbets. So it seems that pine trees could cure headaches. Is that right? That's what we're hoping. I guess it's not controversial to say that our energy and fuel needs um, in future will be met by renewables such as solar and wind. Um, but the chemical industry, and in particular the pharmaceutical industry, are still going to require a source of carbon um, in order to make the products that we use every day. And so there's been lots of focus on biofuels and biopolymers, but what we wanted to target was a bio version of paracetamol um, and ibuprofen. Um, and so we, we looked at the bio-renewable carbon sources available to us um, and terpenes, which are made from the paper making process, can actually be used um, and we've used scalable and sustainable chemistry to turn them into um, paracetamol and ibuprofen. So how did this come about? Were you looking for a solution for painkillers or was it a happy accident? Yeah, so um, we were interested in, in using terpenes uh, and seeing if we could um, uh, kind of create a biorefinery um, is, is what we're calling it, whereby we take this um, waste stream from the paper industry, which is in it inherently biorenewable, um, and target a variety of products. And so one of those that we really wanted to target was drug molecules. And rather than going for um, drugs which are produced in very low volume for very um, kind of niche applications, we thought we would try and target the highest volume drugs available on the market. And obviously everybody knows what um, paracetamol and ibuprofen are. Um, and it was um, fortunate for us that the, the volumes of turpentine available to us every year, as well as the volumes of um, these painkillers that are produced, are very well matched. It's hard to see why people wouldn't want to take these instead of crude oil-based medicines. So how far away are we from these products in the shops? We've proven it on a lab scale. In terms of turning it into an industrial process, that requires a whole other set of skills and significant investments. Um, and really, I think there will be, um, does the pharmaceutical industry um, and indeed the government have the drive um, to, to implement chemistry such as ours and many other groups around the world? You'd hope that given the current crisis, they'd move quickly, right? 
yeah, that's certainly what we're hoping. And in targeting these high volume pharmaceuticals, we really hope that this can be um, kind of an example um, of the fact that you can turn biorenewables into um, drug compounds, which previously has been uh, greatly underappreciated. The billionaire space race seems to have faded slightly as the planet's billionaires instead prepare for a cage fight. Yep, I've seen those Zuckerberg training photos. No, don't Google them. But even as billionaires lose focus, NASA continues preparations for its long-awaited mission to Mars. The Artemis moon landing program is intended to reactivate the skill sets needed for manned flights and landings on other planets, with the next step being another round of moon landings. But the big goal is a manned mission to Mars, and they stepped up preparations with a team of researchers researchers who've voluntarily entered a sealed habitat in Texas, which replicates life on the red planet. They're due to spend a full year locked away and NASA have done their best to make things as realistic as possible. So for example, if you text one of the Mars residents, it'll take 22 minutes before they receive it. NASA's Dr. Suzanne Bell is the lead for NASA's Behavioural Health and Performance Lab, and she says this is essential research to understand what humans will need on the trip. We will learn from it, uh, for sure, and I, I might change my answer after the mission. But I think what's really important here is to understand how to help humans survive and thrive in this extreme resource-restricted environment. And so what we're really doing is informing future risk and resource trades. Payloads and what we can send somewhere, such as Mars, will always be limited, so we have to prioritize. Do you send more variety in food? How do we have communication back to not only mission control, but family and friends? And really what I hope to learn and what our team hopes to learn is, is how do we best inform those and make those traits that can survive and thrive on Mars? One of Ireland's most famous attractions was the Dingle Dolphin, known as Fungi. He used to appear regularly beside tourist boats and even pose for photos. Sadly, Fungi disappeared mid-2020 and hasn't been seen since. But Kerry on Ireland's south coast is now struggling with a different kind of water mammal problem after the body of a fin whale washed up on its shores. The fin whale is the second largest species of whale and the body on the beach measures 19 metres long, which suggests that it was not even fully grown. The biggest issue now for Irish authorities is how to dispose of a carcass that size. Paddy Fenton is the county vet for Kerry County Council and he says it's probably best to let nature take its course. It's very difficult to get a machine in here and even if we do get a machine in here it will be very difficult to bury him. The whale is full of gas at the moment. We're very apprehensive about moving it or, or punching it because there are plenty of records of, of whales exploding. This has been the Sunday 7. However you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7 Ireland edition. Have a great rest of the weekend. Written, produced and published by Dan Doris. Hi, this is Kira from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. Just to let you know, we're pausing this podcast from Friday the 25th of August, but you can still get up to speed in just seven minutes if you search the Smart 7 and catch up with our UK edition. Thanks for listening.